0: welcome to the poolside project podcast my name is sarah and guys right now i'm gonna state the obvious but this is episode 10 yes this is our 10th episode I didn't think it would come so quick, but here we are, episode ten. Thank you to everyone who has been on the journey with us so far. Everyone who has been replying and commenting, and um, you know, sharing the podcast and subscribing. It is, it's, it's so fun. It's been awesome, so encouraging. And thank you to everyone, even as you're listening right now. Just thank you for downloading in and just taking the time to listen. And to just you know consume this content, it has it's been super fun. Um, speaking about fun, so actually not fun. I'd probably say funny, not fun. <laughs> but I fell off my bike twice yesterday, so I don't think I've fallen off my bike in years. Well, I haven't really ridden my bike in years. It's really just been since lockdown, and maybe a few times before that, every now and then. But. Um, of late because here in Melbourne we're still in stage four restrictions um we've been riding our bikes much more because it's a fun activity and yesterday I fell off my bike twice twice like okay so the first one was actually also on a main road (laughs) um I was luckily I was in a service lane so we weren't actually on the road but you could definitely see me from the road and we stopped for something and the, the road was like sort of at a little bit of a decline. So my right leg was touching, could touch the, the road. But my left leg was nowhere near the road because of the angle of the road. And as we went to stop, um, I just thought, oh, yeah, I could put my left leg out and hit, hit the ground. And I'm, I'm trying to look for this ground and the ground ain't coming. And so I just, <laughs> I know, it's like I just threw my body off the bike and just, just decided to fall. And so that would have looked hilarious if you were driving past seeing this 31-year-old woman just toppling off her bike. The second one, I can't believe it happened twice in one day. The second one, um, we were down at the park and the ground was definitely un unlevel, and I, I blame the ground, and we were we were sort of like near a river, so maybe I was a bit nervous. Um <laughs> and my ankle just like sort of gave way. Lucky I didn't twist it, and I just fell off my bike. But anyway, I guess the moral of the story is you just get back up and get back on your bike and keep going. Um, and that's got nothing to do with today's episode, but I just thought I would share it with you guys. So it was it was pretty funny, I think, especially the first one, because it was just like this big topple and it was like how a kid falls over, um, which, you know, those, those funny um, Insta videos you see of of different things. But anyway, okay, let's get into it. Enough of that, guys. Enough of that. Okay. Five habits for productivity. Woohoo. Okay. So disclaimer at the start, I want to let you know that I am not always 100% on these, (laughs) but I know that when I am, they really help me. Okay. So I'm going to get straight into it. So My first good habit. Now, also as well with these, um, some of them I've been doing for a long time. Some are fairly new, but I have also, I have already seen just how like proven they are and how useful they already have been. Um, Some a bit more career related and some are a little bit more personal, but I reckon you could use all of them in both aspects. Okay. So... My first one is phone boundaries, and I know I talk about this a lot, and um, I think I talk about this a lot because it is so personal to me. I know that when I have good phone boundaries in place, and when the phone isn't, um, you know, dictating, governing, or um, taking up a lot of my time, then I'm good. Like I'm so productive, I'm so focused, I get so much more done. But when the phone is like consuming me, taking over, um, you know, when I have just spent like half an hour scrolling on Instagram, I always use this example. I know it. It's because um, it's relatable and true to me. (laughs) But I know when I do that and I've just wasted time, then I'm not productive. And it's like I've been sucked into this vortex that I can't get out. So the first one is phone boundaries. Um, so of late, probably, oh, look, probably last year-ish, um, I became really conscious of having phone boundaries. So I've put a few little markers in place and you need to find your own markers, but these are mine. So I've got what, what I call the dress rule. So in the morning, I won't look at my phone. I will turn my alarm off because I use my, um, my phone as my wake-up alarm. But then I'm not allowed to touch my phone or look at my phone or reply to messages or anything like that until I am dressed for the day. So until I'm dressed, till I'm ready to go, that's my little marker and I'm not distracted by my phone. Because the thing is, if I jump on my phone and sometimes I will jump on social media or I jump on, you know, um, you know, maybe a blog or some sort of news feed or anything like that. And then I'm just sucked in and I've probably wasted a good 20 minutes or so when I could be getting ready, getting ready for my day, um, especially on days off because on a work day, it's probably be like, okay, i got to be quick. i got to get ready. But on a day off, if I jump on my phone first thing, then I could easily spend an hour on there. And then it's like, oh, hang on. I'm, I'm wasting part of the morning. I'm wa- wasting part of, you know, the best, the best part of the day, really. So I've really taken note of this. So I've put in the dress rule. Now also sometimes, um, because we are in stage four restrictions, sometimes, um, you know, I might get dressed a little bit later than usual or even sometimes a little bit earlier than usual because you don't even need to um, do much to get ready anymore. Like you don't need to put on your makeup and, and, you know, do too much to your hair. So sometimes I'm dressed and ready way before the normal time I would be. So I've slightly adjusted this rule to the 9am rule. And so Um, And and again, tweak it for yourself. But for me, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to look at my phone until 9 a.m. So they're like my sort of two markers that I, you know, sort of fluctuate between. Um, But yeah, having a marker in there just, it's really helped me to put the boundaries in place when it comes to my phone. Excuse me. I'm also trying a 9 p.m. rule. No, I'm not crying. I know that just sounded like I was crying. (laughs) but. sorry guys so I'm also trying a 9 p.m rule this one is like really hard actually as of last night I changed it to 9 30 because 9 p.m just seems super early and like people are still on their phones and messaging you and stuff so it can get a little bit hard so for this week I'm gonna try a 9 30 p.m rule so from 9 30 p.m till 9 a.m I am going to try so hard to not look at my phone besides using it for two things i use it um for a bible devotion so um that and that's through a podcast so i'll look at it through that because i do that one um just before bed um and setting my alarm for the next day so for those two things so you don't need to be like full hard and fast and think oh no like i can't touch my phone it's more i think for the social media aspect and the text messaging and stuff like that so phone boundaries they have honestly helped um the next one is this is now going to be more work related but a work timer on the phone and i know i've touched on this one as well but every say 40 to 50 minutes again gauge it for you um i think they say the sweet spot is something like 48 minutes um but say every let's just say 50 minutes for the sake of this example but every 50 minutes on your workday, put in an alarm on your phone or somewhere, and every 50 minutes that alarm will go off ding, ding, ding. And you know that is your time to take a break. So, what happens is sometimes we think, Oh, I'm just gonna work all the way through. But I guess visualize a long string. Uh, so, visualize tying a piece of string up on a pole on one side of the room and then having that string really 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 long but you haven't put it tight so it's a little bit loose and it sort of drapes in the middle and then you tie it to a pole at the other end of the room and you've got that big drape in the middle of the string so that's almost like your concentration so if you do a really long work stint your concentration is dipping low for a majority of the time until your next break, if that break is really far apart. Now, if you actually just shorten that string and you put more breaks in between, so then let's just say it is every 50 minutes. So 50 minutes of work, take a break, recharge, refresh. 50 minutes of work, take a break, recharge, refresh. You've now got more time of productivity in there, so it doesn't need to be a really long break. It could be, you know, like a two-minute break. Get up, get a drink of water, stretch. Um, you know, go stand outside for a few minutes. This works particularly well at the moment in this season when we are all working from home, or a majority of us are working from home. I know not everybody is, um, but just because, because working from home, you can just, you know, it's so easy to sit on that chair and that's it. So, and you just stay there for the whole day. So it it really takes effort, but conscious effort to get up and take a break every 40 to 50 minutes. And it just recharges you and it gives you that, that next, I guess, wind for the next stint. And then you can go and, and keep going. So just breaking that up. And so that's something that has helped me. And that has come from the book of high performance habits, which I quoted back in episode seven on the joy of journaling. And that's what Brendan mentions in that book. So it's been super helpful for this time of working from home. Um, And even when working in the office, like it's perfect. Even if you, if your alarm just goes off and you just know, okay, time to get up and that could be to grab a drink, make a quick coffee, um, you know just walk somewhere in the office and then get back to your seat and again if that's possible I know every industry is so different but especially if you have a sit-down job sitting at a desk then it works super well all right so the next one is and you might all hate me for this one but a social media free day oh Okay, so I have a love-hate relationship with this one because I love it so much because it is so rewarding and I am so productive on these days. There's no scrolling while I'm in bed. There's no like, you know, wasting time. Um, and I guess the hate of it comes in because it's like, oh, like I could really post that or that would look so good on my story right now. But nope, not allowed to do it. So social media, social media. Free day. I have implemented this, or oh, maybe the last six or so Saturdays. I think I, I mucked up on one of them. But anyway, the last six or so Saturdays, I've had a social media free day and it has been such, it has made the days so productive and yet so fun all at the same time. Like, I feel like I've just had so much balance in these days where I've been able to get a lot of productive things done but I've also been able just to spend time on a hobby or do something really fun Um, and fun at the moment is bike riding for me so but it's given me time for all of that like I'll get up um, I haven't wasted say 20 minutes half an hour again on the phone like so I'll get up get ready for the day I'm able to work on my studies for maybe about two hours or so um, with your breaks in between guys and then having lunch or something like that and because I did a solid two hours of work I then have the afternoon free to you know go on a bike ride or maybe work on the podcast or just anything else like it has been so freeing so it's actually really good it's it it helps for productivity so much so if you can pencil those in a social media free day um and like for me a saturday works because i don't know i guess i don't know actually why a saturday works now that, now that now that i think about it um because i could easily do this on a work day um I think maybe on the work day it does help because when I am on my lunch break, going on the socials can be a bit of a fun thing because I'm interacting with people and stuff, Um, especially, again, in this season of working from home and and being more alone. So maybe that's why Saturday works, but you can do any day. Um, But just really have that strict day of not going on the socials because even if you use it on, say, um, a work break, like how I said on the Saturday, I can get a lot of studies done, When you jump on, say, during what's meant to be, say, a five-minute break, we know it doesn't stop at five minutes. Like, five minutes turns into 10 minutes, sometimes 15 minutes. So you've just uh, wasted a lot of time then. So social media free day. It is awesome. I recommend it. It's something I have implemented of late, but I'm already seeing the benefits of it. Okay next one. So I'll just quickly recap phone boundaries. So that's having like your, your little rules in place as to when you go on your phone, a work timer, having a break every 40 to 50 minutes, a social media free day. And the next one has been super helpful. It is called the one touch rule. Okay. So I read a book a few years ago called Work Smarter, Live Better by Cyril Pupion. And I do not know if I'm saying his surname right. I know. I I feel like in all of these podcasts, I say someone's surname wrong. And it's like, Sarah, you should just really research how to say their name. But anyway, so (laughs) it's a book called Work Smarter, Live Better by Cyril. And I'll spell out his surname P-E-U-P-I-O-N. All right. This is a book I read, I reckon about five or six years ago, and this um, strategy really helped um, when I was working as a department manager for a large retail store. So, you know, I'd have my own um, email account, Um, you know, people would always call up and they want to talk to you, people then want to send you emails and notifications, all this stuff, just as a manager, and it can come from customers, head office, suppliers, like all different things. Yeah. And this rule really helped me. So what it is, is you need to make a decision as soon as you touch an email or a document. Okay. You can even apply this to your personal life. I also apply this to my text messages. Okay. So you need to make a decision as soon as you touch that email or document because you're gonna try and touch it once. So what happens is you see that email come in. Generally by the subject header, you might be able to tell exactly what it could be. Sometimes you might need to open it to have a better look sometimes. But anyway, when you look at that email, if you think to yourself, I can deal with this now, I can answer it now, I've got the time, I've got the mental capacity to do this now. Do it now. Touch it, touch it once, get it over with, send it off, get rid of it. Same with text messages. Um, You know, if you see a text from a friend and you're like, yep, I can answer that now and reply and reply well and send that, awesome, do it. But what happens sometimes with people, and you've probably been a victim of this, they receive your text message, but they never reply. And what happened is, is they probably most likely opened it. And I don't think they intentionally didn't want to reply to you if they did rude, Um, but they probably looked at it and they weren't ready to reply in that moment. They weren't meant to be maybe answering or looking at their phone because they were meant to be doing something else. They put their phone down or put that message away and then forgot to reply to you because they got rid of that notification by opening that message. And so I make an effort to do this and it seriously helped me in my job as a department manager. So I would look at an email and if I could answer that on the spot, if I had the answer on me straight away, Yep, done, reply, send it off and it's out of my hair. But if I knew, okay, no, this one I need to either forward on because I don't know the answer or I need to research the answer and get back to them. Sometimes I might even send that in an email to say like, hey, I need to find out, I'll let you know and that's it. Or you know, if you're able to leave it, mark it, leave it as unread, Leave it there until you've got the time to sit down and answer it properly. You're going to give it one touch. Don't open it. Don't, you know, think, oh, okay, maybe now on i I'm not good. Hang on. I need to go look at that. Wait. And then you're just wasting time on it, not getting it done properly. Just leave it unread until you've actually got the time to sit down, look at it and answer it properly. And so what you need to do is you need to look at that thing. You need to decide, okay, can I do it now? no, I can't. All right. This needs to go into my diary and I need to schedule it for later. So you might then want to put something into your outlook diary or into your, um, your physical, uh, hard copy diary as a note to say, I need to follow this up. Okay. Can I though do it now? Yes, I can. Okay. Yes. But you know, I might need to also go find some answers. Make sure you diarize that as well. Um, But yes, I can do it now. It's going to take me less than five minutes. Just get it done and do it now. Just get it out of your hair. Because by the time you open it and you think, oh, yeah, I can do it now, but I won't. Well, you've just wasted that that time in doing that. You could have just replied to it and got rid of it. So one touch rule. And again, I also apply this... Like I said before, to text messages, um, anything on Messenger that comes through, um, the things like that, they're more social. So I can look at that and think, okay, that's that's more social. That's like my friends and I having fun and stuff. But I'm still I'm not going to open it because if I can't reply to it now, I'm going to forget and I want to be part of that conversation. So one touch, if you can do it now, do it now. But if you can't leave it, put it aside, make a note to get back to it. You don't want to forget about it and get it done properly. Okay. There's nothing worse when people do not reply to things. Um, Not only is it rude, but it's very unprofessional as well. So if you don't have the capacity to answer it in that moment, you don't have to answer it. You might want to say to them like, Hey, I'll get back to you. Um, But then give yourself time to work on it properly. So that has really, really, really helped me. And I do that now, um, just almost subconsciously, like even in in my current role, um, you know, I'll see that email come through, have a quick scan. Okay, nope, can't do it. Mark it as unread. Put it in my diary for later. Or yeah, that's super easy. I can just answer that right now. Done. Send and it's gone. So it's really good. Okay, now the fifth one. The fifth one has been, again, fairly new to me, so not as old as the one-touch rule. But the fifth one is my Sunday plan. So this one has probably come up a little bit more again during COVID time and um, lockdown because I've got more time on Sundays to really plan out my week. But if you have not yet listened to episode seven where I talk on the joy of journaling, go back to that episode And then what I do with all those things in the joy of journaling, I talk about different aspects of our lives that, that, um, I guess I monitor or grade each week to look at how I'm doing on each of them. But then what I do is I've got my Sunday journal, a Sunday planner, sorry, a weekly planner. Sorry, that, that I don't have a Sunday planner. I've got a weekly planner (laughs) and in that weekly planner, I look out and I go, okay, What are the things I want to pencil in for this week? So there are definitely some rocks in place that I know have to be there. Obviously, work has to be there. Um, Studying needs to be in there for me because of the online course that I'm currently doing. So they're like my rocks. They're the things I have to do. Meetings, any meetings I need to be a part of, they're also the rocks that need to go in. So make sure that they're being penciled in. And then if there's other things I want to focus on, like let's just say again, it is, say it's hobby. And it's like okay I want to do something that's fun um, you know what let's put that in for the Saturday and it's not so much to say okay I have to do it at this time and at 1 p.m. and I'm gonna be here and do it no no, it's more like having that little checklist reminder so you can think to yourself okay like this is what I'm gonna do on Saturday and I'm gonna set some time aside for it and it might be the morning it might be the afternoon um, but I'm, I'm gonna make sure that I want to get this done on Saturday now you might have a particular lifestyle where you do need to actually be strict and pencil in a time because for whatever reason and, and you need to have that, then that's fine. Like, make it work for you. Um, but for me you know, I don't have children. I don't need to, I really just have to worry about myself. (laughs) So for me, it's a little bit easier, but I know that there are some mums out there, um, and some dads, and it might just be a little bit harder for you. So you might have to be a bit more hard and fast, but that's okay. So make it work for you. But what I'm saying is, um, going back to that joy of journaling episode, I find those things and I just find how I want to schedule them into my week and how am I going to place them into my week? What are some little notes that I need to put in my weekly planner to remind me, to keep me on track? Um, like last week in my planner, um, because I I knew I needed to get better on the phone boundaries, I just had a, a reminder up there, like, you know, conquer the phone, <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the phone win. <laughs> um, just things like that. But having that weekly planner, looking at it on a Sunday or you know, whenever you, you want to, but for me, it's looking at it on a Sunday and setting the week out. And then every day I just go back to that planner and I look at it. And each night I just look at, okay, how was my day today? What can I tick off? What am I grateful for? What are things that I got done? What are things I need to do tomorrow? And it just really... I guess, um, organizes my week well for me. Now, I understand everyone has different personalities and some people would be like, oh, I'd hate living like that. Um, But like I said, these have helped me. And these are just five habits that have helped me for productivity. And one quote that Cyril Pupion, again, I apologize if I'm butchering his name, said in his book, Stress isn't linked to the amount of work we have to do. Stress is linked to the way we handle it. So, these are my five habits for productivity. Think of your own even as well. You might have a great habit that you think, you know, what? I actually used to do that, and it was so helpful to me. And maybe you dropped it at one point. Could be time to pick it up again. Um, you might have your own that you already have adopted. Keep going with them. If they are helping you to be productive, then awesome. But I hope that, you know, at least one of these, two of these, maybe all of them um, can help you in some way. I know they definitely help me. I know I need to get better on a lot of them, and I'm trying. But I know that when I'm good at these, then I am super productive and I love it. So, I hope that you all enjoyed that. I hope you have an awesome week, whatever you are doing, wherever you are. And I will catch you. I won't see you. I always want to say I'll see you, but I will catch you in the next episode.